it was always part of the plan to put a brewery in, but for many years it, it was just a plan. It's 100% acquisition of Green Beacon. No, we had a chat with everybody. Anyone would have seen this coming a mile away. It's the passion and the, the dedication to beer and brewing. Oh, yeah. That's super simple and direct question. It's always fun to get to speak about beer. And that's just what we're here to do, talk about beer and the brewing industry and have a conversation with the people who make the industry what it is and see what we can learn from them. And this week, I speak with Ben Toomey, founder of Southern Highlands Brewing. Now, this is an interesting one. It's no secret that in the current market, many small breweries are looking to evolve and find a business model that opens up a way forward in a very crowded market. Consolidation is the word on everyone's lips, and so it was no surprise to receive a media release about two small breweries coming together. However, I would definitely have long odds on that being a merger between a small regional brewery from New South Wales and a small regional brewery from the UK. But that's exactly what has happened. With Southern Highlands Brewing merging into the Powder Monkey Group, owners of the Powder Monkey Brewing Company and Powder Monkey Tap House near Portsmouth in the UK. This is an intriguing chat, and I'm sure that, like me, you have plenty of questions about that announcement. So, this is my chat with Southern Highlands Brewing founder Ben Toomey, in which I try and make sense of one of the more interesting announcements of 2023. Ben Toomey, welcome to Beer is a Conversation. Matt, great to be here. I have to say that, you know, eventually we would make our way around to every brewery, but uh, you shot to the top of my list uh, this week with uh, what I would describe as the most interesting uh, media list I've had all year. And uh, I I guess I should... um, sort of introduce that by saying that you're not just the owner of Southern Highlands Brewing, but you're now a board member uh, of the Powder Monkey Group Limited in the UK um, as a result of, is it a takeover? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's, um, it's a merger um, of the two breweries, but as I was advised by the lawyer in the UK, Every time there's a merger, there tends to be an acquiring body. So it depends who you speak to. Have we have we um, have we merged? Have we been acquired? Um, I think the technical legal term, and I'll be out of the better judgment of a UK lawyer, is merge. Merge. Um, okay. Into a UK entity. So I am the acquiree, if that's such a word, and they are the acquiror. So, okay. Um, forgive my interpretation of the legalese, but you are now part of the Powder Monkey Group, um, and uh, it, 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 it's, it's a happy merger. However, however we describe it, yeah, yeah, it's um, look, it's been it's been good for us. It it, it does sound a little bit left field that a a brewery in Portsmouth, UK, acquires a regional brewery in the Southern Highlands in New South Wales. As I said, one of the most interesting announcements I've had all year. So uh, let uh, let's talk a little bit about um, you know how did it come about? Because you know uh, we, we've heard a lot about you know consolidation and acquisition acquisitions being the way forward for for the brewing industry. But I think a lot of people, as we've seen locally, have been either one entity acquiring others in, in Australia and getting scale, or uh, you know, small breweries coming together, um, as we've seen with the, the the local beer collective in Sydney. Um, but 
a, a small regional uh, UK brewer merging with a small regional Australian brewer. I don't think was any on anyone's, um, you know, uh, bingo card. No, and, and, you know, if you ask me sort of two months before the conversation was initiated, it was probably the furthest from my um, strategic plan, I guess. But, I, look, I think one of the one of the sort of the impetus to, to probably do it was um, it wasn't lost on me that the environment that we were heading into in the Australian brewing market was going to be um, challenging. Um, it's, you know, I think there's, I'm not sure where we're at, but 750 breweries in Australia, you know, in a market that, you know, is seeming to be um, contracting a bit. Um, so it really had to think that, right, I've got to change the algorithm here. We need to do something different. Um, we just um, finished selling, we, I sold the tap house. We had a retail venue in Mossvale and I sold the tap house. Um, and because I really wanted to start focusing on the, the, the brewing side of the business. Um, so with the, the um, I, I suppose, the recognition that just to do the status quo might not be the best outcome for a small regional brewery, um, I, I started to have a conversation. Actually, I went over to visit an old colleague of mine um, in Perth and back in 2019, because they own pubs in the UK, um, a, a, a colleague of mine called Mike McGeever, he wanted to do something because he sort of semi-retired. He owned some pubs in England. So I said, I'll tell you what you should do, Mike. What you should do is you should you should start a brewery and vertically integrate. And I, I, I put him through the numbers and it was quite compelling. And as Mike does, he, he started a brewery in about 2019. And I think by the time he got it open, COVID hit. Um, and so he, he, he sort of said to me, what have you got me into? But um, they, they did quite well out of COVID in the UK. And so... They really launched their brand, um, got it going um, up towards half a million litres. And then Mike decided that, right, he's going to have a red hot go at this. And they decided to have a capital raise. Um, and then I just went over to Perth. It was probably February um, this year. And we were swapping brewery stories. And over a few beers, Mike said, hey, well, why don't I buy your brewery? And I said, well, why don't you? Um, and he said, well, look, let's have a, let's have a sensible conversation. So we got off the beer, um, had a conversation and I said, you know, what, what's, what's the plan, Mike? Um, notwithstanding the fact that Mike and I have been, um, working together for 24 years, we've been co-invested together. We've started businesses together. We've exited businesses together. We've had businesses that haven't gone well together. So we had a pretty sound track record of working together. Um, and so I, I guess the real genesis of the conversation started with trust between two colleagues that have done things together, good, bad, successful, um, across across the world, mind you, from England to Dubai uh, and into Australia. So that that probably explains uh, that that probably connects the two. Um, and so we we hatched out a plan in forty minutes as because. Uh, um, because uh, we, we, we've worked together for so long, we know each, how each other think. Um, I, I sort of got behind the rationale why they would do it. I, I presented some things that they could solve. And so we actually sat there and said, hey, this thing could work. Um, and then 
Mike was keen to create an international aspect to the business. Um, you know, one of his former colleagues in Australia that he'd done a fair bit with was the obvious person to drive the business forward. So, so it was probably not Southern Highlands Brewing per se as an attractive, from a qualitative point of view, it was more, I, I, I'd sort of say, this indelible working relationship that we've formed over 24 years. Um, trusting the fact that I could probably deliver the vision um, in in his brewing world that, that you know, coming out here, scouring the market into some unknown um, management team, that, that that's what I could probably offer. Um, and look, there were some qualitative and quantitative factors around it as well. You know, there might be a few more points on your PE ratio, having an international business, Qualitatively, it gave me um, a little bit more flexibility. Um, I, I probably got to my threshold of funding our business, so that, that there was a, there was a lot of things that sort of was confluent to sort of sit there and say, "Hey, this this um, you know the 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 sum of the parts here can be more." So um, so that's that's probably that's probably the the logic and the reasoning behind what we did uh, or yeah what we've done and so um then here we are today so explain again two very dis, you know geographically um separated businesses where 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 are those synergies where, you know where, where are those um benefits uh, to, to come from from linking the two businesses well, I think the first one is the first thing we're going to do is um, launch Powder Monkey in Australia, and so as we know, you know, shipping liquid is very expensive, um, and so what we'll be doing here in Australia is running the two brands. So we'll have Powder Monkey um, and Southern Highlands Brewing, um, both with a different sort of client set. What um, one of the issues we probably always had with you know being an eponymous brewery as Southern Highlands is we resonate really well Sydney, Canberra, Newcastle, Wollongong um, because most people most people who have sort of in those areas have, have, have been to the Southern Highlands and it's sort of got that provenance. Um, one of the things we probably, you know, it might be harder to sell further than that and so having an agnostic brand um, gives us a little bit more flexibility to open certain markets um, and so... The other thing we'll look at doing is, you know, Southern Highlands Brewing in the UK, <clears throat> while Southern Highlands Brewing doesn't mean a lot, having the kangaroo on the can um, tends to work quite well. Um, and I think just before COVID, we we're quite successful in exporting um, based on the kangaroo on the can. Um, unfortunately, that was to Hong Kong um, and we all sort of knew 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 how that sort of ended. So <laughs> it was – so that, that was um, – that that was sort of the logic behind what we were doing, but but what what wasn't as obvious to me is that um, the connections that we can open up with each other, and you think, well, how does how does how does a brewery in the UK benefit Australia, and you know, counterwise? Mm. And I think one of the things both Mike and I have done is we've worked, you know, um, London, Dubai. Um, Sydney, Asia, that pooling those networks and connections. And a small example is is that um, you know I've got a lead in for Powder Monkey into Dublin by virtue of my contacts there. 
um, they have big um, um, clients in the in the UK with the defence forces, which was a mm-hmm. market that we've never explored. So it was a couple of those tang- those networks that we've been able to open up. Um, the, the, the local rugby club in southeast London is now pouring powder monkey by virtue of a couple of contacts that I've had. Um, and look, this, this this is sort of picking up the low-hanging fruit. Um, but in essence, the, the logic being is having the powder monkey brand internationally, um, they perceive as having value and, and us being the, um, I suppose, the body that can really promote that in this part of the world. It's undoubtable that, and certainly we're seeing in some parts of the world that um, imports or even news that we released this morning, Coles Group is seeing, you know, a shift away from craft to international brands, um, which doesn't necessarily mean imports. That international brands can have an attraction in a marketplace, um, but often they're brands that are well supported with a marketing spend because when you get away from, as you said, that local flavour that. Southern Highlands has very strongly in, in in your local region. Once you get away from that, it, it's the the brand needs to be built and invested in um, to to make it relevant or seen as relevant to uh, other markets. How how does this work for you? Well, I think on the I've probably alluded to where where we sort of resonate with the Southern Highlands brewing brand, and I think one of the great things with you know. Where we're situated, I think we're situated within sort of two hours' drive of thirty percent of Australia's population on the on on the east coast. And um, but I don't think we're going to probably position Powder Monkey as a international brand. Um, I think we're going to appeal to um, what its nature is in the UK, and that's a that's a, a craft beer. Um, and then, but one of the things we'll probably have is more opportunity to take Powder Monkey as an agnostic brand into markets that, um, when you go to Melbourne, Southern Highlands Brewing doesn't mean a lot in Melbourne. Mm. Um, also in Brisbane, we, we, we probably wouldn't resonate as much. So what, what we've probably got is two levels is, um, you know, we've probably got the, the regionalization of Southern Highlands Brewing, um, but then also with the flexibility to probably go a little bit further afield and explore markets that we probably couldn't penetrate that maybe Powder Monkey can. Mm-hmm. Just explain to me, and unusually you've uh, talked a little bit about the financials and uh, you, your media release says this follows a successful conclusion of a uh, UK share placement of £750,000. The all-paper transaction provides expansion capital for Southern Highlands. Just explain, to, uh, I'm not a financial person, explain, uh, so there's been a share placement on, on the UK stock exchange or how, how, how is that placement No, it's a, it's a, pri- it's a private placement. Um, and so it was, it was an equity raise in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a scheme in the UK. It's, um, it's called the EIS scheme, which encourages... Um, people to invest in small business and there's some there's some tax relief so what they've done is they've they've taken the advantage of that um, because they've got expansion plans um, of their own in the UK mm-hmm. um, and so they they put out um, they wanted to raise a million pounds and at the time of acquisition I think they got to I think the 750,000 pounds um, and so 
and some of that is quarantine. What's that these days? That's around about oh, two million. Just probably, yeah, that's no, one and a half. So one and a half. Oh, it's just yeah. double. Okay, double these days. Yeah, I think I think I think the the the, the dollar against the pound's about half. You know, you know, one well, one dollars fifty p. So it's it's yeah, we're not in the best best market for that at the moment. But I think um, but that that's that's been reopened, and I think the new target's about one point three million pounds, um, and. So securing that funding for their own expansion. So I think what they're looking at doing is um, tripling the size of their brewing footprint down at Gosport. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, and, and this was part of the conversation as well, is that Southern Highlands Brewing has started. And um, when we first started the brewery, we looked at a whole heap of sites. And one of the things I didn't want to do is overcommit and build the Taj Mahal straight away. So we've I've got 25 acres in um, Sutton Forest in the Southern Highlands and a 240-square-metre barn provided a perfect venue for our craft brewery. Um, we got to the point now where we need to move it because um, I think just as, as we've expanded, incrementally expanded over time. Um, and the other thing we really want to do is unlock that brew pub model um and if 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 you understand as is a lot of these listeners and yourself do that that retail you know straight out of the fermenter into a pint glass and um the 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 gross margin on that is a really compelling part of the business case and that was one of the sort of quantitative parts of the business that um they've got their tap house in gosport they know the numbers so when when you have to provide funding to move our brewery into a new venue to get you know unlock that part of the business plan you know they're all ease on that one so so some of that some of that some of that funding's quarantined for us um, the bulk of the funding's quarantined for their expansion so essentially um, it's asset purchases new fermenters venues um, so and then that's yeah, and so I think that, that we'll probably close that raise at about one point three million pounds, so two point six million Australian, okay, um, which is more than enough to cover, I think, what we need to do in the you know the the medium term. What was the process of raising capital like? Were you involved in that? Because it's interesting. You hear a lot that this year the uncertainty in the marketplace and also the you know I think it's fair to say the gloss has come off the craft brewing industry that um, investment is significantly harder to come by than probably you know the before COVID times when everyone was a little bit bullish yeah um the yeah so this they successfully closed 750 um and it was a mixture of um family friends and strategic um, clients, I would, I would say, that I think wanted to vertically integrate a bit. Um, and it was quite, and I think one of the things that, that made the capital raise so interesting is that, well, it, so, so achievable was more um, putting a realistic valuation on things. And I think one, I think, I think the end goal here is exit strategy. So, if if you if you really inflate what something could be if the planets align, realizing that shareholder value in a liquidity event is going to be so much harder, and potentially You're not alluding to equity crowdfunding there. Are you? <laughs> uh, I uh, yeah, I'm talking about the raise in the UK. Oh, okay, okay. Um, well, yeah, any I, I, raise? 
Yeah, so I'd look, and I think, and the thing about it was, um, yeah. So, and I was, I was, I was, um, I was part of the. We, I, my connections have tipped into that. Um, my my connections have tipped into that. So yeah, I was part of the capital raise uh, in fulfilling the one point three million pounds, and so. But I think that there was there was genuine genuine interest in the business model. Um, it's 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 debt free. It's funding assets. Um, and it was actually quite an achievable target based on um, what we saw as a fair valuation of where Powder Monkey has come in its evolution. Um, when you look at the net assets of the business, um, and then you know sort of co-joining with us now to make it a, a bigger entity, um, the the raise, um, yeah, the raise was completed pretty quickly actually. And again, just going turning to the media release, uh, you describe it as the merger of two fast-growing, award-winning businesses on either side of the world. Um, obviously, it's a media release. There's a little bit of um, you know uh, hyperbole in there, as you, as, yeah. as you would expect. But uh, talk to me about fast-growing and and what that means for Southern Highlands. Yeah. Um, well, look, we, we've. I suppose in our evolution, one of the things, like most breweries, when we started in 2017. We got out of the blocks pretty quick, um, and and grew a pretty attractive wholesale business. Um, and then what ended up happening was um, we created the tap house, got us that retail part of the the, the venture. Um, uh, probably not the ideal model having a restaurant with a PSA, and whilst in itself it was a cracking, sorry PSA uh, pro- uh, primary service authorization. So um, you 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 can serve beer as long as you've got food available. Yeah, so and it's sort of, it sort of morphed into, um, it sort of morphed into. It's a very iconic place, and it was, you know, it was a good business in its own right. But I probably got the business model wrong. Um, People couldn't just come in and have a beer the way you can in the front bar of a pub. Oh, yeah, we 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 got through a lot of beer, but in the end, I ended up running a restaurant, and mm-hmm. I, I, you know, wasn't a. So what what I was, I sort of deconstructed to reconstruct. Um, and then what then that we focused it a lot more on our wholesale business. Um, well, let's let's get part. Of, we we started the business. We sort of shut down the business because of COVID. Went through the you know the the headwinds of bushfires, COVID, um, and sort of the wet weather. So I nearly felt like I've started the business, put the business in a holding pattern, and then restarted. So where we probably got more fast growing was once we've sold the tap house we really sort of escalated our wholesale part of the business. Mm-hmm. And so that's that probably that probably refers to the concentration on, you know, really growing our wholesale part of the business now, which has expanded sort of, you know, where previously we were probably um we were probably Southern Highlands, Canberra, a little bit into Sydney. Now now we're starting to get a better foothold in those markets. So um that was fast growing, and I think you know in the UK, I think they've gone from, you know, two hundred thousand to five hundred thousand liters in you know in probably a two year period. So they've they've sort of doubled in some over mm-hmm. that period. So that's probably that's probably the you know the entirety of the the fast growing bit. So again, and you, and you you covered a little bit because you opened in what two thousand and. 16 16 um just with the with the the the, the brewery in in a warehouse and yep. uh you, you acquired the tap room um no, subsequently we, no we created the tap because one of the things we looked at was 
we've got the wholesale part of the business started, um, albeit small. Yep. Um, we, we needed a retail venue. And okay. last thing I wanted to do with four kids is having someone knock on the door on a Sunday morning saying he heard the port is really good. So we, we had to move that. And so we moved into Mossvale and we created um, Southern Islands Brewing Tap House. Just to keep um, the story we did back in December 2017. Uh, yeah, that'd be right. So that, that would have been, uh, we opened in November 2017. Mm-hmm. As you've grown, what has been the, the, the mix between wholesale and y- y- your own uh, you know, self-pour? Well, now we're 100% wholesale, obviously, because we sold the tap house. Um, but then we were probably sitting at about probably 25% tap house, 75% wholesale. So we've always had the business... Um, we've always had a sort of an, an underpinning of a decent wholesale part of the business because that's that's probably what we were when we started, and so that sort of that sort of incrementally grew, and the tap house was just um, the tap house was sales on top. So um, and those those vary those numbers varied, but it was it, it might have been you know 70, 30, 80, 20, but we're always sort of oscillating between those sort of numbers. So always underpinned by this wholesale part of the business. And what was the wholesale breakdown between pack and uh, draft? Um, so we were probably 25% package, 75% mm-hmm. draft, because one of the things we really put a focus on was, um, you know, kegs, because it's you just look at the business model, It's there's there's good money in kegs. It's the, the challenge is the tap, which is a, you know, I think a ubiquitous problem across the industry. How, how have you found the market? Um, because, you know, it, it, it's an industry that, you know, tap points seem incredibly hard to, to, to come by. Has that improved or gotten worse uh, as you've gone along? Um, it's, we've improved our tap positions, um, mainly if possibly because of our sales strategy. And we, we don't have the direct sales force, but we've got a wonderful um distributor um several distributors and happy for you to give them a shout out if you did yeah oh acid logistics have have done wonderful for us wonderful wonderful job for us um and building a really tight relationship with those guys um has given us access and you know i think they're a business that's growing i think they won their local business award um and so having a having a really strong relationship with those guys has really escalated um, our wholesale part of the business in draft, um, and you know we're, we're both motivated for those tap points. So they've they've really helped us unlock. So whilst I understand the markets, you know, is, is, is extremely competitive, it's having that relationship with us is is really been key to keeping those numbers. And one of the things I always, you know, it's, it's sort of nearly like an in, internal benchmark for me that I always want. Um, Always want that draft part of the business being 75, 70, 70 75% of the wholesale turnover. Because um, I think if we're doing if we're doing that, you know, there's 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 good numbers in that. Maybe this is a function of my personality, or I'm just a cynical person. But you know, whenever you see, you know, the the, the market is very tough at the moment. You know, everybody knows that. And when you see, you know, people talking about, well, here are some of the the, the strategies going forward, and suddenly you see something so out of, uh, I think it's fair to say, out of left field. Uh, the, 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 this sort of merger, um, you, you do wonder, you know, whether this was a, what's the polite way of saying it. 
did they jump or were they pushed uh, <laughs> kind of thing? You know, was the business going okay? And and, and did this was a positive conscious decision to, to bring these two businesses together or was it two businesses that are going, look, you know, it's a really tough market. What can we do to, to try and survive? Yeah, no. Well, I suppose one of, one of the things that helps in um, the business at Southern Highlands at the time was – uh, it didn't have any debt, so mm-hmm. um, and at the moment where the brewery is was you know it's on my property, so rent wasn't an issue. And I yep. think when I when I entered the business like I did, because um, my my background sort of corporate finance, corporate advisory is I always made a conscious point to grow this thing um, within its means and incrementally. So um, and as as where we were prior to speaking to Mike. We were ticking over, you know. We were we were profitable, albeit not a big profit, but I didn't have a lot of cost to feed, so it wasn't it wasn't a burden for me. So I didn't need. I wasn't at the last chance saloon by any by any mm. means. So it was. I think it was more a case that I was cognizant enough to sit there and say, "Look, if if we just keep doing the status quo, um, there's going to be a lot of work in this." to tick something over and I didn't want that. And so this is where the opportunity came up um, at, at the time. I said, right, this this is something we need to do. It's a little bit left field, but it's given us the mechanism now to do some left field stuff, which I think you need to start doing in this industry because I think if, you just, if we're just going to open up brewery after brewery doing the same thing, um, it's going to become very crowded. And in, in an environment where... You know, we're not sure what the Senate inquiry is going to do with tap deals. Um, you know, the the I'd, I'll be very surprised if they do anything, but that's that, that that's me. It, it's, yeah. it's a lot of uh, positive noise, but not much action. And and and, and I'm same page. I'm, I'm you know, it's 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 nice to hear and the rhetoric's going around, but it's nearly like we paid lip service to it and we'll move on again. But and you know, the duopoly will keep keep continuing. So so it was one of those things where you know it was a business that was going okay. Um, it was a business that needed to do something to make it a, you know, to where to where I'd like to be in the business, which, you know, if you look at these things, it's it's building a brand, but ultimately realising value for what you've actually done. And so the move was to probably fulfil that um, part of the, the, the quest and the desire for the brewery, as, as is in the UK. And, and look, the UK... Um, the business is, you know, as I said, it's sort of doubled in you know, in a very short period of time. So their demand, their connections mm-hmm. um, in the UK, you know, have have them in a really good position. And yet again, another brewery that's sort of, you know, funded with no debt. So it's always a nice little launching pad into environments like this. It does give you free. Again, one of the things I often say about this podcast is this has been my MBA. Um, you know, ten years of speaking to people about business models that very much is informed by my own questions because I've got a very small business. It grew. You know, it's it's the publishing equivalent of a brewery where a home brew. You know, I started a blog. People read it. People wanted to read it more. You've got to look at how you make that work. Um, but it's always relied on me um, to, to, to do it. For the last 18 months, you know, I've been investing myself in the business, hoping to you know, get to a stage that mm-hmm. it doesn't completely rely on me to, to, to function. Um, and, that's, and that's a really tiring 
uh, process. Um, is you know is, is that what you were just describing? That it's very hard to have a small business that demands you to keep spinning the plates. The plates just don't spin themselves. Yeah, because I found I was chief cook and bottle washer. It was mm. um, to the point now where it's really nice that you know, there's if there's a contract or something legal, I can just flick it off to a, you know, a, a corporate structure. Um, you know, the the governance and the accounting that um, you know we we were we were pretty good. You know, my, my background was sort of finance, um, so that's you're one of, up on me there. Oh, you good. The good numbers never lie. Numbers never lie, Matt. You just you you just keep looking at them, and um, you know they tell you the truth. And so um, you have to look at the numbers and uh, not squint. (laughs) No, no, exactly. So, so one of the things we're quite nice, and plus I've had a pretty pretty long working relationship with some of the people that are involved in this brewery as well, albeit not in the brewing industry. And so, just just it just feels like I've moved into the slipstream of where I was sort of ten years ago, with a bunch of these guys and um, guys and girls that that um, it, it's actually quite nice to sit down now with targets, budgets, um, KPIs. Um, um, where where previously it was me, I was accountable to myself. It was it was the business that that I created in the sense that. You know, I can live and die by it. Now, now it's got a, there's a new genesis of the business. It's it's like right, it's game on now. Like it's you know, let's let's go. Um, this is this is where we need to go. So yeah, that 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 effort that you got to put in. Sometimes you sit there going, oh, which which again motivated me to say, right, I need to do something different here. How do we how do we get this how do we get this brewing um, business or algorithm into its next phase to, to make that step. And and this has been quite key for us. And, you know, I've, I feel like I've got a bit, another lease of life on it, which is great. It, it sounds like a very positive move, but, and, and as you would have heard me say as a podcast listener, I often frame questions uh, in, in the form of a statement. So, you know, please correct me if yeah. I'm wrong or, or make any observations. But one of the underlying um, narratives or one of the underlying, um, you know, uh, fables um, of the craft beer industry. And I, I don't think that's the right word either. But one of the stories that we've told ourselves is that cr- the, the craft beer revolution, if you go back 15, 20 years, you know, um, it's against the big the businesses and, you know, a couple of blokes having a go, a couple of people having a go um, can make a nice little sustainable income, you know, from a from a, a brewery so long as their expectations matches their, you know, um, you know, model um, kind of thing. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing from, and one of the things even now is, you know, um, we, we've stepped away from, you um, Anyone can have a crack. There are a certain set of skills you need. It's not just minimum beer quality. It's hospitality. There's a whole lot of uh, things. And even as it's gotten very uh, tight in some of the mainstream, you know, the metropolitan markets, we're still hearing saying, oh, there's still room for growth in regional areas. And, you know, um, where you are, uh, would I, I would I, you're the only brewery in town I understand. No, no, Eden Brewery. Uh, so oh, there's Eden. two of us. So, yeah, we, we started at about the same time. Okay. Um, so yeah, there, there's a good balance there. We're not um, 
we're not like, um, I suppose, uh, the Sunshine Coast where I think there's 23 breweries within, you know, um, you know, 15-minute drive. Um, mm. A rapidly then- growing population and there's a whole lot of, I, I guess there's a whole lot of things there. But uh, to, come, to come back to my statement, and I'll, I'll finish with a question. You know, is it, uh, you know, is the narrative that you can set up a brewery and have a nice self-sustaining uh, business but then also look after yourself as the owner um, by taking time away from the business and having it run, you know, at just as a small local brewery? Um, or do you need to grow to the scale that you've got wider distribution and you've got, uh, you know, multiple venues or some other thing to have a, you know, a, something that's more than just a passion project that can actually be a true lifestyle business? Uh, look, I'm, I'm pretty... Um I've got a real clear vision in my mind, even before this um, uh, merger took place, and it, the real inflection point was when a small, when the small breweries got the excise relief, and I recut the numbers, and I just sat there saying there is a perfect little business model here for up to three hundred thousand liters, mm-hmm. tap room wholesale, small brewery not paying, um, not paying excise up to that number, with a percentage of retail. That is a really nice niche little number, and it's it's one of those ones where I nearly went. Well, you know what? I'm going to get there to the three hundred thousand liters in that sort of model. I saw the numbers, and you could sit there and you could live quite happily. It'd be a, it'd be a nice project, which would give you a nice little balance because the the business would be big enough for the, that sort of critical mass of staff that could sell you silence. Um, quite easy to manage. Um, so I, I think to really answer your question, yes, I think there's a nice little there's a nice little niche there. I, I suppose once you get beyond that, um, I, 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 just before we we get beyond that, I, I might yeah. just ask, you know, if you don't, and I can appreciate that it's a sensitive question. What volume are you at now? You know, if you can make three hundred thousand liters, you can see a business. Yeah. How close to you to that number are you? Oh, we're we're probably a third of that, so we're just okay. over a hundred thousand liters. Yep. Um, but that's without a retail that's without a retail premises at the moment. Yeah, it, w- it was larger when we had the tap house. So, and, and, and I guess that's the thing. So, what is is this part of the strategy to go from that hundred thousand to the three hundred thousand and have a nice little sustainable business? Yeah, in in that's I suppose now we have shareholders in in the UK. That is uh, that is base camp at Everest for us at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as as we do in you know forward projections, you, you you put a model together, and that that's really been my cornerstone for that there and how those numbers turn out in you know sort of the next three years. Um, look, depending on where the market is in three years time, and and then you know further capital raisings or you know that that could go that could go left or right from there. I think, but I think what we've got at the moment is just a very tight little target. Um, in a in a realistic period of time, that 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 will probably hit, and I think you know one one of the key things for us is um, it's not the volume, it's the profitability, um, mm. because then that breeds value. Without giving away too much of your secret sauce or your your your, your secret plans, how do you you know what what is the strategy to go from one to three hundred thousand liters? Uh, you've been operating for six years now, admittedly a very turbulent time. Mm. Um, but I guess 
you know, I, again, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but the gloss has gone off. That easy growth has gone out of the craft beer market. And, you know, depending on where you read, the, the market may even be shrinking. Um, how does a you know, small regional brewery, you know, triple in size to, to hit that sweet spot that you described? Well, I think the, the, the key part of our business plan now is moving the brewery from the 240 square metre shed into that that I suppose what you see now is that community centre, that 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 second lounge room, which um, what you then do is control your own destiny, um, mm. which sort of what you're at is appealing to your local community as opposed to the broader um, craft beer market in itself, which I totally acknowledge is, is crowded, it's tough. Um, and so the first, and one of the first, and, and this has been happening in parallel, we're looking at um, moving the brewery and we're quite advanced on that journey um, in the sense that um, we'll be opening up that retail dollar hopefully within the next 12 months. And so that's and that's that's probably the first point of growth. Now, having Powder Monkey as well, what we did is um, I, I put the slide rule over a couple of areas in um, the Highlands, uh, Sydney, and what we're, our first move will probably be a, a Powder Monkey tap house. Um, the region's probably going to be looking like maybe southwest Sydney on, on a whole host of fronts because um, I think there's 60,000 people in um, the, the southern highlands and I think, you know, there's there's some sort of um, areas in Sydney that in that 20-minute drive there's 400,000 people. And so I don't think you have to be a... Um, an intricate analyst to realise just on those numbers um, where we might make our first move. Um, we're in discussions at the moment with a property developer um, with an agreement to lease. So this this is sort of real and happening in parallel. So that's that's one of the real cornerstones of, of meeting some of those numbers. Um, phase two is probably replicating that again um, in the Southern Highlands. Um, that's probably going to be... Uh, uh, a bit, a bit of a longer journey, um, but a couple of preliminary discussions have been made. So, if you look at some of that growth there, one of the things I'm looking at doing is controlling our own destiny with our venues, as opposed to scrapping in the market. Um, and so, how close we'll get to that um, will probably be down to us controlling some of that, as opposed to being at whim of the market. So, so that's and that, and I look and th- these these things aren't lost because if you look at the UK, they're in a. I look at the market in the UK and I look at the market in Australia and it's it, it, they're nearly replicas of each other. Just it's a scale thing. They're bigger. Um, they've got Heineken. They've got the big boys over there. They've got the same challenges as we do. And I think it's not lost on us that the controlling those those tap rooms um, is is probably key to that growth. Well, mate. All I can say is thank you for uh, – in in a lot of media releases that, uh, you know, don't excite enthusiasm, thank you for, uh, you know, creating something that's uh, very interesting and, uh, you know – all the, and thank you very much for, for being so frank uh, in, in your willingness to discuss it. And most importantly, I hope it all works out. And, uh, you know, congratulations on the, uh, on, on the merger. And uh, I, I, I really look forward to sort of seeing the uh, – uh, hopefully the, the, the continued growth of the two businesses.
of the one business, the two brands. Well, yes, the one business controlling <laughs> two brands now. So I think, no, thanks, thanks for look. I thought it was good to come on because you, you know, first, have you sold out? Is it a merger? Is it an acquisition? Putting a bit of clarity in the market and where we're going. Well, I'll we'll say because again, it, it, it doesn't seem to have made news anywhere. There's, there's been, it's been the, the media release has been picked up by two UK publications, and that went out. Yep. Seemingly almost a month ago, but uh, you, you've you've only just recently. Uh, sent anything out here yeah well I, I sort of just recently landed as well because I, I was sort of um overseas for the best part of three and a half weeks and i think um coming coming back landing um after after a rugby world cup launching a brand and getting the australian message out i thought it was important to get the australian message out because i think the one in the uk um was very uk centric so what i mm. wanted to do is make sure we got the the, the message right for the Australian market. So hence, there's a little bit of a lag there. So, but uh, we're, we're all on catch up at the moment. Absolutely. Well, mate, thank you for uh, sending it through and uh, thank you for joining this conversation. Excellent. Thank you, Matt. And that was Ben Toomey. As always, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on the chat, either by email to producer at brewsnews.com.au, to the Radio Brews News Facebook group, Password Says On, or leave a voicemail via SpeakPipe that we can play on the next episode of Brews News Week. You can find a link to that in the show notes. Thanks for listening.